With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Pick up a 12-pack today. Enjoy your HN Podcast following Iowa's 17-10 loss against Northwestern, reporting this literally 60 seconds after Iowa loses the game. That was ugly. That was Iowa's worst game of the season. It was Iowa's, it was the Iowa offense's worst game of the season. I forget the statistics if they were better in this game than they were against Michigan State. I don't have the Michigan State stats pulled up, but this was a worse game. Really, the second half for Iowa's offense was pretty pathetic. 312 total yards on the day, uh, when at halftime you had 238. So let me do some quick math. That's 62, 72, 74 yards of offense in the second half for Iowa. 74. Gonna have to pause real quick and tweet that. 74 yards of offense for Iowa in the second half against the Northwestern team. That's not really good. Um, They're not a good Northwestern football team. They're not really going to do anything the rest of this year, I don't think. And I'm not going to get too... I mean, I'm not. If you're expecting to tune in and and hear me throw flames, it's not going to happen because, again, this is a six and six. Iowa team, or at least that's what I predicted them to be before the season began. That six and six prediction included a loss at Northwestern. Now, Northwestern isn't as good as I thought they would be. Iowa, I thought was actually better than the way that they played today. I thought things were trending up for them, but yards per carry today for Iowa, we're going to pull some of these um, offensive statistics up. Yards per carry for the Hawkeyes, 2.7. They entered this game averaging 3.7 on the season, just 2.7 in this game. The second half offensive play calling, there just was no rhythm. There was no rhyme to it. Now, Iowa certainly um, missed on some execution in the second half. There's no question about that. I'm trying to pull something up here. I think it was late in the third quarter. Iowa was in a second and 17 position. They ran Akram Wadley inside. And then on third and 15, they ran Nate Stanley on a quarterback keeper zone rate. Unbelievable. I mean, and then in the, in the ensuing possession, the ensuing possession when, when Northwestern uh, moved the ball down the field, it was tied 7 7. 
Northwestern was facing a third and 15. Iowa was in its Raider package. And the Raider package giveth and the Raider package taketh away. Where it takes away is your defensive linemen are outside of their running lanes. You have no running lane, integri- running lane integrity. And Clayton Thorson, the quarterback for Northwestern, kept it and he gained 17 yards. So a tail of two third and 15s. Northwestern converts on theirs. Iowa doesn't on its. Iowa didn't even try to. And that was the maybe more disappointing thing there. Because when it was second and 17, after a sack on first down, I think it was, Iowa basically waved the white flag on that possession. You're On second and 17, when you run Wadley inside, where he has done very little all day long, you're waving the white flag. On third and 15, running Nate Stanley, Stanley on a quarterback keeper, you gave up. You gave up on a series. Now, I understand giving up on a series sometimes if you're inside your own tan and you just want to punt and try to live another day. But Iowa was at their own 27-yard line. You don't give up series then, especially when you have the wind at your back for the second down and the third down play. The first down play was the last play of the third quarter. That's poor. I mean, I don't know what you're telling your team at that point in time. So... Not good. This was, Brian, in my opinion, Brian Ferentz's, you know worst game of the year. And you were going to expect that there were going to be some of those things that took place this year, and it happened today. Um, Nate Stanley in this game wasn't his best game either. He was 19 of 33, one touchdown, one interception, where he and Amir Smith-Marset were not on the same page. It was the easiest interception that Northwestern defensive back's ever going to have in his career. 233 yards for Stanley uh, in the overtime period. Northwestern scored on their first possession. Iowa was at fourth and three. And a lot of people on Twitter were expecting that Iowa would draw up that tight end stick route that had worked a couple of times in this game where Iowa's lone touchdown in the game came on that play. They ran the nearly, not the exact same look, but uh, the similar look where they had two tight ends left, Fant to the outside. Uh, Both tight ends were lined up in the line of scrimmage, but Fant was the most outside tight end, and Hawkinson was to his right. Hawkinson crashes down inside. Fant goes out about four yards and just sticks right there, turns around, and then Iowa sends a running back over into the flat. It was going to work again. Fant didn't have a, a defender within three yards of him, and he'd flat drop the ball to end the game. Nate Stanley's, there were times during this game where he was just rushing through his motion, uh, was just playing too quickly. Uh, easily had three, if not four, drop passes in this game, including one that was on um, was it third and six that he would have had a first down by two yards. You know, those are the kinds of things that that get you beat. I would gain 312 yards on the day. They averaged 4.7 yards per play. Northwestern only had 339 and only averaged 4.1 yards per play. The defense without Josie Jewell uh, and without Snyder played more than well enough to win this game. The defense held Northwestern to 10 points in regulation on the road, just like the defense held Michigan State to 17 points on the road. In both instances, the Iowa offense let it down. The black and gold unites us all, but then what? Kevin the Flag Guy from Heartland Flags here. If you're listening to this podcast, you bleed black and gold. But what comes after the Hawks? For me, it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals. Nope, can't explain it. What about you? Packers and Wizards? Pelicans and Sharks? NASCAR and the Jags? 
Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers, whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere, guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. I don't have any answers for you with regards to the Iowa offense. Uh, I don't think Tristan Wirfs looked bad today. If anything, Alaric Jackson was getting owned today and... Sometimes you're going to have that. And that's probably life when you have two freshman right tackles in a season where you started with two fifth-year seniors who had probably 25 or more starts apiece with them. Boone Meyer not available. And Ike, um, Ike Butker is out for the season, as you know. So maybe this is just who they are. And again... I'm not you're not you're not getting the the John Miller surprised podcast that maybe you know some of you want or the one where he spits venom because after all I thought this was going to be a 6 and 16 and they're playing like a 6 and 16. They're 4 and 3 right now. They have Minnesota coming home next week. Then after that they have Ohio State, then they have Wisconsin or and Purdue, I'm not sure in which order. And then Nebraska Sounds like a 6 and 16. Most Iowa media members, if I remember back to the summer, had Iowa either at 6 and 6 or 7 and 5 with very few 8 and 4s. Probably the 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 mean was somewhere around, you know, 6.8 if you will. 6.7 somewhere in that range. That's just who these guys are. And if you want to get irritated and upset about it, that's certainly your prerogative. And I'm not going to tell you how to feel or how to react. Uh, that was a disappointing outing, but you know there there seems to be um, oh what's the term I'm looking for? There's just this notion after a disappointment in life of any kind, everybody wants to find somebody to blame and they want to get their pound of flesh and and justice has to be served. Well, it, this is a, this is a game. It doesn't work that way. Again, it wasn't Brian Ferentz's best game. And the Iowa offense just didn't look good. But this loss isn't on Brian Ferentz. This is a collective effort of offensive. I mean, failure is probably a harsh term, but my, it, it may be the best word I can come up with here as we do this on the fly. And that's you know one of the things when you do these instant reaction podcasts, you don't get a lot of time to, to ruminate on things. You just let it fly off the cuff. Torn Young for just two carries. Akram Wadley with 26 for 90 yards. They kept saying all week, and they've continued to say that they have to kind of, you know, watch Akram Wadley's pitch count. You need to start mixing in Torn Young more. You need to do it. As opposed to just talking about it. Because you're four and three. You're one and three in Big Ten play. Wisconsin isn't losing three times, and that would also require you to win there and have a tie at five and three with them and somebody else you're going to have to beat to get the tiebreaker. That's not going to happen. So any dreams of a divisional championship, a Big Ten West championship, they're over. For me, and I said this before the first snap of the season even took place, and whether you like it or not, I'm just telling you what I said. 
This season has been to me about laying a foundation for the next two that to me look very promising. And I know some of you don't want to hear a term very promising after an offensive display like that. But you know what? Next year's another season. It'll be different. They'll be better. I'm convinced of it. I'd wager money on it. This year just is what it is. So this foundational year, Iowa must begin to get the ball more to Torrin Young. Get him more reps. Ivory Kelly Martin, get him more reps. You know, um, Max Cooper was in on at least the second play of the game. Don't remember seeing him much after then. Get him more reps. Get Let A.J. Epinesa continue to get more reps on non-third down situations. Continue to move that snap count up a little bit higher. I'm less concerned about Epinesa. I think he's probably playing about as much as you can could have expected before the season began. Just get some younger guys more reps because you're not winning a title this year. And that's a very difficult thing for competitors, for coaches, I think, to get to mentally. You always want to feel like you have a chance at something. And does Iowa have a chance at a Big Ten West championship? Again, only if Wisconsin loses three times from here on out. Let me go pull up Wisconsin's schedule. And again, that that must include an Iowa win at Wisconsin. Has to. Iowa cannot lose again. So to, to begin this hypothetical of how Iowa can still win the West, which they can't, you have to assume that Iowa wins every game left, which means at Wisconsin and home against Ohio State. Not happening. But Wisconsin, they beat Maryland today 38-13. to Their last five Big Ten games, at Illinois, that's a win. At Indiana, that's a win. Home against Iowa, home against Michigan, and at Minnesota. Wisconsin's not losing three games. So you need to move people forward. Torn Young needs more reps. You need to work on Nate Stanley taking more deep shots. Things that you're going to want to do next year. You just need to do that. And you're going to need to live with maybe a couple of more losses that you didn't expect to have. But again, I think that they've got still at least three more in them at four and three. I think they'll lose more than they'll win the rest of the way. But the offensive performance on this day was very difficult to swallow because the defense did enough. Justin Jackson, the fine senior running back for Northwestern, 25 attempts, 93 yards, just 3.7 yards per carry. Nearly identical to Akram's. Defense did its job. Northwestern's uh, rushing yards per carry average in this game, um, 3.2. Defense did its job. I don't need to keep saying the defense did its job. We know that. The offense didn't. Iowa with 14 first downs in this day to 21 for Northwestern. Iowa just 5 of 17 on third downs. Iowa's average third down distance, 6.9. Northwestern's was 7.1. Those are both areas that are tough to overcome, especially for an Iowa offense that is struggling. When you're in third and seven, you're not going to make many of those, and hence Iowa had roughly a 30% third down conversion on this day. Iowa ran 66 plays to 82 for Northwestern. Northwestern had 31 plays at halftime, so that means they ran 51 in the second half and overtime. Can't have that. 
Iowa sacked three times in this game. Northwestern, Iowa got two sacks against Northwestern. At this juncture, I think it's going to be fairly repetitive. You know how I feel. Um, I'm not going to throw anything against the wall because I didn't expect this Iowa team to be a great team. And they're not. They're not going to be. Now you just look for improvement. You look for some young players to move forward so you can prepare for next season that I do think is going to be better on offense. Maybe you disagree with that. Maybe you'll want to go scorched earth and say, well, nothing's ever going to change as long as Ference is here and all that. Go ahead. You can do that. I can read your comments and choose or whether or not to reply. I'm just not into things like that. Right now, because I... I Iowa is not a juggernaut. And, and this is probably where some of you will pick some bones of contention with me. And that's okay. I don't mind it. We can talk about this. I've been watching Iowa football since, that I can recall, since 1980 or 81. I was 9 or 10 years old when Iowa went to the Rose Bowl. It's the first year I can remember. So we're pushing 40 years worth of cognizant memory of Iowa football. And I know... Iowa's history as far as where they were before Fry got there and what they've done since. And I'm not saying that you need to be happy with 6-6 six and six because before Hayden Fry got there a million years ago, Iowa had 19 consecutive non-winning seasons. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it's Iowa is a team that flashes once every four or five years. When I say flashes, I mean in the Kirk Ferentz era, they have at least five top ten finishes to end seasons. That's the most of any Iowa coach probably at least since, I don't know, Evie. So they'll do that once every four or five years. Um, and then in that f- every four or five years, there's, on the average, there's probably going to be a six and six year. And six and six is typically the, the low point. You know, Iowa did have the four and eight year a few years ago, but you know, on the average, six and six is going to kind of be in your your down year, and then they're somewhere around an eight and four program historically since Hayden Fry got there. So I mean, some years you're going to be six and six, some years you're going to be ten and two to get to that eight and four average. Just felt all along that this is going to be one of those six and six years, and doesn't mean you enjoy it when it happens, but it's not like you didn't see it coming. And today, Iowa played like a team that you know, looks like a 6-16. Six and 16. Hopefully, they can uh, make some changes and tweaks in that offense. Hopefully, Josie Jewell is able to come back next week. Hopefully, Boone Meyer can come back next week. They kept him out today. You know, he had the bye week, and then he had this last week of prep, and they kept him out of this game today. And hopefully, he's going to be able to move forward because when he comes back, I hope he can play at a high level to finish out his career. Uh, that would be good for him, and it would be good for the team. So, Iowa will have another game next week. It will be against Minnesota. I believe that game's at 5.30. A rare, odd 5.30 kick. Uh, and Minnesota's not a good football team. So we'll see which Iowa team shows up on that day. But always, we thank you for listening to this. Even if your opinions differ from mine, that's okay. Makes the world fun. The world goes around. Thank you to Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. Go to their website, heartlandflags.com. And as always, thank you to Exile Brewing Company for their support of the HN Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.